Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lyft and welcome to those friends and family and people that are all over the world. Yes, this is my first time doing this, so uh, um, I am a little nervous. But uh, I was signaled by Piet that my mom is able to have logged in. So I just want to say hi, mom. Hello, Auntie Hilary. Hello, family. Um, it is just great to be able to just share this with you. Um, and just to everybody that is out listening to this message today, uh, it is such a privilege to to really be able to share this time and allow the Lord to speak to us through His Word. Um, as Peter and I were discussing the theme in the, in the weeks that we're leading up to this, it's been just wonderful for me as I've been able to see how as we've Zoomed together in our prayer meetings on Tuesday nights and as we gather together in small groups and as a lot of you have been sharing your life in this strange time in our history together, how the Lord has just been equipping me and showing me and leading me. Um, as, we've been, as I've been preparing this message, some of the amazing things that I've experienced in this time has just enthused me to be able to share this message. So it's with that that I'm really, really excited um, to share with you this morning. The scripture that I'm going to be sharing from is from Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. And the theme is from thanksgiving to wholeness. That's what I've entitled it. And if you allow me, I'd like to read uh, the passage in, uh, just completely, and then if you want to just also grab your iPads, uh, you know, in our church, we're about 25 different nationalities, uh, in that language, uh, please join us as I, as I read this word to us as we start. So here it is, from Luke chapter 17, from verse 19, from verse 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and praised God with a loud voice. And he fell at his, at, on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Ah, oh, friends, I know for many of you, the story of the, of the ten lepers is a very familiar one. But my prayer is really that as you not only hear this story, but as you allow the truths in this story to impact your lives, your lives will be changed forever. And so as I start, what I'd want to do is just, just pray. Just give me one moment just to pray for us as we start. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this is a time that you've given us to allow your word to speak into our hearts. Lord, I thank you for that privilege, Lord. And I ask, Father, as we just gather in this time that you would use my preparations, I just bring that before you with anticipation of you refining it with fire. Lord, I ask that you would speak into the hearts of all of those that are listening. And Lord, that we will not be the same, that we will never be the same as we allow this word to speak to us and change us. I pray that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, if we look at the passage from the beginning, we see clearly that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. It says that as he was on the way to Jerusalem, Jerusalem 
in the time then represented a place where worship took place. So important a theme within this passage. As he was journeying on the way to Jerusalem, um, he went into a village and he met these 10 men who had leprosy. Now leprosy, the thoughts of leprosy and the understanding of leprosy, it's a disease that, is, that, is, that has not been cured. It is highly contagious. It eats away at the flesh and the limbs. It brings up all kinds of images if you think of what it means, something that is dreaded in all society. And for me personally, if I think of leprosy and I think back to, to my youth, um, I'm, I'm reminded of, 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 of a leper hosp hospital that is in the north of Pretoria, and, um, and, and we, we'd call it a, lep a, leper a leprosy compound, that's what we would call in Africa, in the area that we were from. And um, I remember, as a young guy, um, being told by my parents as we were in the area that that is, and seeing that place, and the dread that filled me at that young age, seeing the people sitting in the garden with crutches, and that dread of thinking, I don't want to get this, we should move on, um, and trying to ask, Daddy, uh, you, know, will, you know, will we get, will we get infected? And, and I remember clearly just having the sense of being told that, um, you know, they, don't worry, my boy, they are, they are kept inside there. They're kept inside there. They are isolated from us. And I had this deep sense in my heart of, okay, well, then that means I'm protected. I'm, I feel protected. And, and those are my earliest rec rec kind of recollections of what leprosy really is. And so sadly, and I looked this up also on, on the website, and it's, this is exactly this. It's sadly still today, people are being, being ashamed, ashamed, abandoned, rejected, and hated simply um, because their families and their communities do not understand the disease. Many people in Africa still today uh, believe that leprosy is a curse um, and, that, and, and that, that it's actually a punishment from, from the ancestral, uh, ancestral uh, it's an ancestral curse that, uh, that they experience from the ancestral spirits. That's the reality that many people in Africa are dealing with. People are still living with leprosy and there's still the stigma attached to it. What I find so strange is when I think about that, and I think about what we're living with now, and in this COVID time, in this time when all of us are affected, how, how strange it is that those thoughts, as I was preparing, kind of bring up that deep sense of wanting to be, taking the solace of wanting to be protected, of wanting not to be infected. Um, strange how some of those aspects kind of kind of ring true for me, even in my life today. And then when I just thought of specifically in this context, and I can honestly say sadly, uh, even back then, um, that I never ever put myself in the view of what those people that were sitting behind those fences um, would have been thinking. The thoughts of how, how society had, had cast them, and uh, just, just the thoughts that I, I, I captured here, some of the things that... <coughs> that I know and, and that I've realized, it's, it strips them of their dignity, strips them of everything that they know, their unworthiness, the fact that they needed to be shunned, the fact that they had no place in society, the fact that they would honestly know that they had no self-worth, it could not be lower, the reality that their manhood or their womanhood was completely stripped from them. In that day and age, in that specific context from how these lepers would have been feeling, I, I can just imagine that people today still are feeling the same way. And <clears throat> all those labels 
you know, fact that their families no longer, that were shunned by their families, all those labels that were placed on them, um, that they then owned for themselves and that they were carrying with themselves because of that was what they, that, that they were dealing with. And I found myself thinking, a personal reflection for us as well on this word, isn't it strange that some of those labels that I've just mentioned, the self-worth, the, the feeling of, of completely being um, oppressed, the feeling of being completely outcast um, because of not being able to, not, not feeling worthy enough. Um, those labels are still attached to many of us today. Many of us today are living still with labels that have been placed on us by people and that we have placed on ourselves. But here's the thing that's so amazing about this passage. Those lepers who were facing that reality, Jesus comes at that village and breaks into their lives. He completely breaks into their lives and they call out to him. And so the first major key thought I want to leave with you as you consider this passage, how many of us are handicapped in some way? In some way we've <clears throat> we are experiencing the same kind of labels. And I just want to say to all of you <clears throat> that if you could just know, could you just long for the fact that Jesus could break into those spaces in your lives? And that those labels that you've placed on yourself and that people have placed on you will be broken and just shattered by Jesus. Friends, this is the truth and I want you to know this with all, all your heart. <clears throat> that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Let me read it to you. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Friends, Jesus has come to set the captives free. If only we would believe that with our hearts, with faith. These lepers, they were handicapped. They had not much that they could do. But what they had, they did. And what they had was their voices. They cried out to Jesus. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And you know this, friends. You know this, that, that when we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Romans, 3, 13, uh, Romans 10 verse 13. I just want to read that as well. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter how far you've been moved away from God. If you've never actually experienced God, it doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. It doesn't matter if you're oppressed or depressed. That if you call on the name of the Lord, He will answer you. He will answer you. Um, the Bible says that these lepers called out with a loud voice. They cried out. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. That was the first theme I just wanted to place in your hearts. If you've been labeled, if you own those labels, know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, friends. Call on the name of the Lord. He will answer you. And the next thing that is really so important, and this is such an incredible principle that is taught to us in this passage, and it's, and it's, and it's real, and you need to own this, that whenever, Jesus, whenever you call on Jesus and Jesus answers your call, he always makes a demand for obedience. If that makes you feel like, wow, that's, that's heavy, you just got to read the Gospels. Just read this word and you'll see how Jesus shows that principle to us in all of, of, of his scriptures. For the specific word that these specific lepers had to answer in faith, the obedience word that they were required to do was said in verse 13, it says, um, go and show yourself to the priests. 
and that specific scripture was their word that was given to them to act in obedience. Now you've got to understand this in the context of what actually Jesus was saying. They asked him to heal them. And Jesus asked them a word of faith was for them to go and show themselves to the, high, to the priests. Now let's just think back what that meant for these, for these lepers. Remember, they're not healed yet. And they know that outcasts, they're completely ridiculed. They must probably in places where they can hide away from society. But they had to go on that same road to Jerusalem, to that same place where everybody worships, where the priests are. And they had to go and present themselves to the priests, not having yet been healed. That was their word their act that they had to do in obedience. And now just to give you more context, we know what we know that they, what they represented. And you can just imagine what would have happened to them as they were walking on that same road as everybody else did. Just added to that, if you have a chance to read Leviticus chapter 13 from about verse 4, it explains to you what they had to do when they presented themselves to the high priest. There was a, it's just exhausted me reading it. They had different doves they had to, to sacrifice. Some had to be set free. Some had to be, the blood had to be sprinkled at different altars. And if that wasn't enough, after that, the priest demanded that they have two unblemished lambs to be offered on the altar. Now, that alone, if one just thinks about that, is just exhausting. And that was the reality of what they would have to be facing if they were going to answer Jesus' call in obedience. But the word says, this is what the word says, as they went on their way, they were healed. As they went on their way, they were healed. As they responded to this act of obedience, the miracle happened. <clears throat> and here's the application for you and me, friends. If you call on Jesus to answer you in, in your circumstances, in your crisis, an act of trust is required. That's just the simple truth. We simply need to ask we simply need to do, to do what he asks you to do, and then the miracle will follow. This is the truth. When we want God to do a miracle in our lives, God expects absolute obedience. And a friend of mine said, and I want to quote this, he said, we don't have to see before we believe, but we have to believe first, and then we will see. I just loved, loved that. Because here's the thing, friends. When, when we act on that faith, it will spur us. It will spur us to actually hear God's word, listen to God, and respond to his word. And what do I mean by that? You might have known, you've, if you've been sharing with us, uh, Priya shared an incredible message on, on what it means to hear God speak in times of trouble. That was the last week in, in, in April. And in that message, it was all about hearing God's words that so we know how to respond. And he shared this amazing truth that we need to line up the three, the three lights. The three lights when we are anticipating God in a time of trouble and we've got to hear what God tells us to do in faith. And the three things that we need to line up is the scripture, the Holy Spirit, and circumstances. If you haven't heard that message, please go and listen to it on the 28th or on the 28th of April. But that's how you are spurred by faith to respond in obedience to what God is calling you to do. Friends, <clears throat> I could spend the whole morning just sharing with you the miracles that we've experienced in this church over the years. And I can honestly say with all my heart that for all of those, we were called to act in obedience of faith. And man, did it take courage. Sometimes it was on our fingernails that we hung on. <clears throat> 
But what I can say with all my heart is that God has just blown us away, blown us away with, with an incredible blessing. And, and it's hard to put into words, but it, it required us to be obedient, which, uh, which takes courage. It takes a lot of courage. And I'm just so happy about that. Um, and here's the thing, though, church, and this is so important for us to hear, that we, we shouldn't slip into complacency. Because, yes, if we just remember those things and we hold on to those things and we think, well, now let's just, you know, we've got faith now. We don't need to do those works anymore because we, we're in a good space. That's a dangerous place to be. And that's why James in chapter 2 says it so clearly. If you want to read from James chapter 2 from verses 4 to verses 26, he explains it so beautifully with all these different verses. And for me, he kind of just nails it when he speaks about Abraham in verse 22. And he says this, For you see that his faith, that is Abraham, was active along with his works. They were together. And his faith was completed by his works. That's what it's about, friends. It's a combination of doing that in obedience, just like the lepers had to do. They had to turn around and they had to know this is what it's calling us to do, to head up to that place where everybody goes to worship and everything that that will entail. But we will do that because we trust in what God is saying. Our faith needs to be with works. And that is what we have to do as, 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 as children of God. And we should live in that space. The lepers' faith was demonstrated in their obedience. As they went... They discovered they were healed. And this is the truth for each of us. God is waiting for each of us to be obedient today. Do what he's asking you to do and you will see that miracle. I know of so many people that we are journeying with that we will see that miracle. God is waiting for that obedience. An amazing point. My third point is, uh, is also just... I think for me the highlight of, of this passage and how this passage speaks to us. And that's found um, from, <clears throat> from verse 15. I'd like to just read the context and then just share with you this amazing truth that I hope you will own and cling on to for the rest of your days on this earth. And that is that when he says, then one of them, this is verse 15, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice, And he fell at his feet, at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Something special happened to this one leper. That he received something so much more special than the others did. Because we hear a bit later at the end in verse 19, Jesus says to him, "Um, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So there's something specific that happened to this leper that was different to all the others that was healed. Now, I'll be honest. When one just reads that like that, you think, okay, you know, well, he was healed. He was made well. So what was there special about this? You know, what, what, what was so special about the fact that, that, he, that, that, that differentiates him from the rest? And for me, um, I love reading the ESV, which is the English standard version Uh, on my phone I have an extra thing which is kind of the Strong's reference Strong's reference is a a numerical reference that is given to each word in the Bible whether it's Greek or Hebrew and it gives an explanation and the Strong's reference for the word well in that specific verse is G4982 now G4982 if you look at what it means in the Greek I can't pronounce that 
but what, what the, the Greek word means and the description of it says, the word well means be to make whole. To be to make whole. And funny enough, how amazing is this? If you look at the King James Version back then, it was translated like this and says, Thine faith hath made thee whole. Amazing how that is. So what I wanted to say, what does this mean for you and me? It means that all that the leprosy had taken away from him was fully restored. Friends, all that this leprosy had taken from him, everything, was fully restored. And I have faith to believe that it was physical as well. But they restored his self-esteem. They restored his, his standing, his, his love with his family, his standing in, in society. He was fully restored. That's, that's completely healed. That's completely fully restored in God. And this is what we should all long for. Uh, nothing broken. Nothing missing. I said, um, fully, fully restored. And that's what we should long for. Now we should ask ourselves, what is that in our lives? What can we do? How does that apply to us? How do we do that? What did that leper do that we want to be able to be whole? And this is what we learn from if we read the specific patches from, that, from verse 15. We see the first thing is that he turned back. He turned back. And that's what we should do. We've been preaching about that. We should turn towards God, not away from God. And then it tells us that he started praising God and giving him thanks and worshiping him at his feet, praising him and worshiping him. And friends, this is the, this is the pattern that, that we are called to do. We are called to thank God and to praise him and to worship him, to enter into his presence, to his innermost holiest of holies, through the blood of the Lamb as we heard last week, praising him and worshiping him, focusing ourselves on Jesus, focusing on who he is and what he is. And you know what happens then? When you're in the presence of God and you're worshiping God, those things that were kind of important to you, there's just no room for doubt because you're worshiping the Lord. And when that happens, friends, you get courage. You get courage to trust and to say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to trust you for this day. Some of you might ask, well, well, well how, do we, how do we do that practically? And I can just say for me, and this is just a simple thing, is that I just... Usually I, f I make time for this and I'll find myself, usually I'm walking the dog or it's early in the morning and I just find myself saying, Lord, you are good to me. You've always been good to me. And I start thinking of the goodness that he's, that he's done for me, the way he's, he's taken my burden, my afflictions. He's vindicated me. And with that, I just start thanking him because I realize what he's done for me. I start looking at how beautiful he's been just to me, how he's cared for me. And I start thinking of those things. And when I start thanking, I start praising. I start thinking of his character, thinking of Jesus, the radiance of God's glory. I start proclaiming that with my voice, the exact representation of his being, that I know him by name, that he loves me. And that is worship, friends. It leads you into joy, and it leads you into courage. And then, with that, you can act in faith. Now, here's the beautiful thing. There's this example of this throughout the Bible. The Word is, is full of these characters who have shown us 
how they worship, they praise and they thank God and God restores them and gives them more than they have lost. There's people like Abraham, there's, there's Moses, there's Lot, there's David and then, and, and then Paul just, he just brings us all together and almost in every letter he's saying with thanksgiving, I long to be with you. Don't stop praising and thanking God. There's so many examples in Colossians as we heard from as well. And I just want to just use one briefly and just share that with you. Um, of how Abraham just depicts this for me, of how it, what it means to, to give God the glory, to, to step out in faith. Uh, it's found in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, and this is Paul speaking about Abraham. Um, I'm going to read verse 19 first, but what I want to say is that he was unwavering in his unbelief because he held on to the promises of God. And what did God do? Because of his faith, he gave glory to God because he was trusting God. How amazing is that? And verse 19 reads like this. It says, And he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was good as dead. It's amazing that the Bible says that. Since he was about 100 years old. Or when considering the barrenness of Sarah, Sarah's womb. And then here's the verse, verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew, he grew strong in the faith as he gave glory to God. Friends, as we trust God, Jesus says to the leper, your faith has made you whole. As we trust and have, we have as faith with God, we glorify God. Isn't that an amazing thing? We give Jesus the glory. And that is just what's so wonderful. And then Paul kind of sums it up in Corinthians chapter 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And he just nails it for us by saying, this is what it means at the core of trusting God. Because as we focus on Jesus, let me just read the verse first because I'm getting all excited. And, and we all, that's all of us, with unveiled faces, behold the glory of the Lord. As we see the glory of Jesus, as we worship Jesus, as we worship, enter into his place with praise and thanksgiving. I'm going to go back to the verse now. We are being transformed. The word being transformed to be made whole, to be made completely whole in the same image from one degree of glory to the other. Friends, this is it. Just as the leper was, was able to worship and praise God, his faith, as he was giving God glory, the Lord says, you are made whole, you are made well. And for each of us, we need to own this truth for ourselves. We need to know that we need to cultivate a culture of worshiping and praising and trusting God, and being obedient to the word as we hear it, taking faith steps. And friends, I, I know that that, that takes, takes, takes us, we need to want to do that. But this is what this, this passage is teaching us, and it is absolutely gold. And I just want to say for all of you as I end, if, you've <clears throat> if ever you read that chapter again on the ten lepers, my prayer is that you will, Never think of it just as a story in them anymore, but think of the fact that God is calling you to thank Him, to praise Him, to worship Him, to be obedient to the faith word that He gives you, and to anticipate to little by little be made whole. That those things, that, those sins that hold you are no longer important. That those thoughts of, of, um, of being worthless is changed as your new identity in Christ creates you to be the person that He wants you to be as you're able to be bold, to not back down, not to step away, because you're made whole again. 
know this when you read this chapter and you listen to the ten lepers and you think of that one leper. Put your mind in his eyes and say, Lord, I want to be that person who's worshiping you, who's anticipating being made whole because I want to be able to know that my, my faith in you as I've glorified you is making me whole. That's, that's really the message today. And I just trust and I'd like to pray for us now that uh, you would own this together and allow me in this moment um, just to pray for, you, for, for, for all of us. Um, please just join me in prayer in, in your homes. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word is so real and it just speaks to us in places where, Lord, if we just allow your word to speak to us. I ask, Father, right now for all of us that, that have heard this word, Lord, I think of those that, are, that have got labels on them, Father, that has been placed on them by society and friends and family. Lord, I speak that they would know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Own that together with me today, friends. Know that as you ask the Lord, He will answer you. Father, I say that in the name of Jesus, that they would be able to experience wholeness. Father, I speak to all of us who need to own the obedience of God's Word. What you've said to us, Lord, will we have the courage to do that today? Will we anticipate that the miracle follows? Because that is faith. I speak that over all of us today, Lord. Lord, give us the courage to, to be obedient to what you're selling us to do. And Father, I ask with all my heart, Lord, that we will never back down from having our faith mixed with, with doing the things you're calling us to do so that we could be glorifying you and focusing on you, Jesus, that you are enough. And I ask, Lord, that, that you would go with us now into this day. Praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this message with you. Um, in terms of time, I think we have a little bit of time. We'd like to go into the same song that we do, and then I'm going to ask Pierre to just close the service in prayer. So blessings to all of you, and thank you for joining.